Hello, hello, hello. Good evening and welcome to the first ever episode of <clears throat> the Runner Shuffled Podcast. My name is Gerard Connolly. I am your host. I am your friend, probably, because um, this is the first episode. And if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably somebody I know. Um, anyway, this is a podcast I've wanted to start for quite a while. Um, not this podcast in particular, but podcasting is, podcasting is something I've always been interested in. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to give it a try, see how it goes, and see how I do. Um, for the most part, podcasting to me just seems like a way for people to just talk about whatever they want, um, stuff they're interested in, and present it to an audience. Um, I like listening to podcasts when... I'm driving places, working out, doing whatever, and uh, it kind of just makes it feel like I'm in the conversation with whatever they're talking, with the people, whatever the, whatever they're talking about in the podcast, and uh, that's what I like about podcasts. It's just a really authentic way to present content to people. Um, I have been kind of not procrastinating making this first episode. I've actually tried to make this first episode two other times already, Um but honestly, this is the first time I'm actually feeling a little bit more confident and good about my chances of actually uploading this episode. Because um, you kind of got to get your feet under you. You got to get comfortable talking to yourself or to a microphone that's going to be later uploaded to uh, be presented to an audience of people. Um, so yeah, here I am. This is the Runner Shuffled podcast. And I think the goal of this podcast is just going to be to talk about things involving runners and running and kind of just shuffle it, um, you know, randomize whatever we're going to talk about, randomize things going on in the track and field world and just run my mouth about it. I don't know. Uh, you know, for example, something I saw today that was just bananas is... Uh, Nico Young ran his first ever collegiate 8K, and he ran, he ran, wait for it, a time of 22 minutes and 52 seconds, his first ever 8K, which, I, I mean, actually, I'm not too sure that it's, this was his first ever 8K, but uh, people in the comment sections were saying it was his first 8K. Um, I haven't heard about him running another 8K this year since he went to NAU, so... Um, as far as I'm concerned, that's his first real, real uh, 8K effort um, on somewhat of a public stage. So um, that is a 4:36 mile pace on a cross country course. Um, to be fair, obviously, the course was very flat. The ground seemed to be very firm. The grass was short. It's winter time, and it was in. Uh, I guess, oh, it was in Las Vegas. So the weather couldn't have been too bad. Um, probably all really uh, conducive to running fast. All, er everything could be in your favor, but still, he wasn't on a track. He wasn't on the road. He was on a cross-country course <laughs> running 436 pace for five miles for his first ever 8K. That's just, uh... and he looked great. Um, if you if if you care about this race go check out flow tracks youtube channel they have the full race on on their youtube channel um you, you could just watch it from the back of the the uh 
the mule that was dri- driving in front of the race. And uh, yeah, you can just watch watch it all unfold. No commentators or anything. Uh, nothing really fancy about this video, but you can watch the full 20. <laughs> you know, normally when you watch an 8K, you think it's going to be like a 20, close to half hour video. But yeah, the video is like 23 minutes or whatever. So <laughs> go check it out if you're curious to see how Nico Young's doing these days. And he looked great. Um, his arms were swinging a lot better than they were in high school. His face looked a little bit more controlled. Um, everything that just tells me and tells uh, is just in. It's it's obvious that he's a lot more structurally strong. I guess you could say. Um, looks like he's probably been in the gym a little bit more, and it looks like he's been consciously focusing on trying to be a little bit smoother and more relaxed while he's running, which is really important when you're going that fast. If you're tensed up at all, you're only making it harder on yourself. So Mike Smith seems like he's doing a great job with, with Nico Young, and it's good to see because Nico Young is such a talented runner. And the last thing you want to see is a kid like that go to college and just and just get burnt out and just, you know, used used as a way to make NAU more more popular than it already is as as a way to put Mike Smith's name further into the into the record books and Mike Smith's name more uh bold on the front pages of whatever magazine um Nico Young could be used as a tool for that but it seems like they're not using him as a tool for that it seems like they're being smart with him they're being patient with him and uh this i mean this was his first race of college, and it's February 2nd. Um, granted, I mean, obviously COVID's going on, but you have to you have to figure that, you know, these top schools, these top schools have been finding ways to compete throughout these times and finding ways to uh, still get their names out there. So the fact that they were able to stay patient and wait till now is, is good. Um, so let's see... Moving forward, if Nico Young is able to stay patient, if Mike Smith is able to stay patient, if they're able to keep their reins in and keep things in perspective and think long term, because when you have an athlete like that, that that can run twenty like again twenty two fifty two, just how ridiculous that is for his first ever eight k to ever break twenty three in collegiate cross country is just crazy so doing that at first 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 ak ever the hype behind nico young is definitely real and it's definitely justified because um i mean to go up from that you're only gonna go really high so we'll see we will see um because when you look at other people who did well in college people other people who did well on the collegiate scene and now are doing amazing things in the professional scene and the world uh, world stage um yeah they they were running times like that by their senior year and you know look at like edward chesrek um i mean you let me just say this you can't get too hung up on any college cross country time as like a set in stone guaranteed um means more than anything time because of course again courses always change courses are always different and also you just never know with college cross-country courses how accurate they are 
you know, my my uh, my AKPR is from Paul Short, and people say it all the time. They don't call it Paul Short for nothing, and it's it is probably the biggest cross country meet in the Northeast for college cross country, um, other than like Princeton or Beantown. Um, as far as like mid season invitationals go, everybody goes to Paul Short, and for it to be a short course, like like it just it just shows that. People don't necessarily care about the accuracy of a cross-country course. Um, if it's short, short, cool. It's short course. Maybe it'll give my kids confidence. Maybe there's going to be a lot of good competition there, and it'll teach them how to race. Um, it's not really the time that matters. It's the it's the position you get as an individual, and it's the p- position that your team gets. So. Just uh, the fact that people go to Paul Short and it's probably short goes to show that, uh, yeah, at the end of the day, college cross-country times don't matter as much as college cross-country positions. So just as a fair fair reference, as a fair statement to make when talking about Nico's Young 2252, um, but still, you can't, you can't neglect the fact that he ran sub-23 on any type of course. Um, as his first college cross-country race. No matter what way you slice it, no matter how short the course may have been, no matter how fast the course may have been, a 22.52 as your first ever college cross-country race is uh, impressive stuff. So if you want to look further into times that do matter, times that definitely mean something, um, you could go and check out the Division II uh records that are being set by Christian Noble. He runs for Lee University, um, and he just set the collegiate Division II record in the th- indoor 3,000-meter run. He ran, for the 1K splits, he ran 240, 236, 235. He was paced by Nick Willis, and yeah, he beat the old record of, I think it was 755. So, <laughs> crazy stuff, and what I think was an even crazier record was, again, by Christian Noble. Last week, he ran a 13.36 to set the, or 13.37 to set the 5K indoor record, which is another insane time. Uh, he, because he only beat the 3K record by four seconds, three, four seconds, um, but he beat the 5K record by like almost 20 seconds. Sidney Gidabuti, who runs for 10 Men Elite, was the previous D2 record holder for the indoor 5K. But, yeah, now it's Christian Noble. And uh, something I really want to talk about here, and, you know, that's kind of just building up to it, was that his 5K might not count for the record books, might not count for the NCAA record books, because one reason and one reason only he was assisted by the use of a pace, a pace light. Uh, I'm not sure the exact term for it. A pace, pace bar, pace light, pacing, laser, laser show lights and lightsabers and gizmos and gadgets and robots and yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Whatever the thing is, it's like the light that goes around the inside bar, and he just has to like look down and make sure he's on pace with that light. Um, it's very exact. 
It runs the exact pace he needs to run for the whole race, and he just has to stay right there and then, I guess, outkick it, um, which obviously he didn't just outkick it. He beat it by over 20 seconds. But, uh, yeah, USATF allows it. Um, this is the same way that uh, Paul Chalimo, not Paul Chalimo, um, Joshua Cheptegei ran the 10K world record in in uh, over the summer. He ran it with a laser pace robot light. USATF thinks that, or not, IAAF, whatever, whoever deems the world records, they thought that was cool, but uh, not the NCAA. The NCAA is not, is, is at least considering to not accept this as a legitimate record time, which is debatable. I personally think it's kind of, BS. Um, I personally think that, you know, when you beat a record by almost 20 seconds, it's probably going to go down either way, whether you had human pacers or laser light robot pacers. Um, but at the same time, I understand it's not, there's no human error involved. You know, you've heard of pacers totally screwing things up. You've heard of, of human pacers just going out in 55 and just not even be able to finish half the freaking race um, and just screwing at the race for everybody. So it makes sense that, you know, the NCAA wants to keep things official and wants to keep things nice and neat and traditional and whatever, boring, I guess you could say. But uh, you know what? Times are moving. He was wearing carbon fiber plated shoes. He's wearing the dragonflies. Uh, technology advances. And not only that, we're in COVID. COVID 19 is happening right now. There is an issue where if you're just around people too much, then, and you're within close quarters, you might get sick and you might pass it on to somebody who can get more sick than you. So maybe it was a good thing that he had a pace light. Um, maybe it was a precaution. Maybe it was just. The best way that they can get pacers while maintaining uh, a social distancing pro- protocol. So you know, like, how else are you supposed to get records right now if 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 you don't want to subject yourself to risk? Um, you know, obviously, a week later he went and broke the three k record with the help of Nick Willis as his pacer. So the the social distancing protocol thing didn't really factor in too much there, obviously, but. Um, the argument of, of uh, the pace light being an avoidance of, of being in contact with people kind of kind of eliminated there. But still, I mean, if you could avoid being around people more often than not by the use of pacer lights, uh, you might as well. And also, maybe, maybe he saw that his record, his 5K record, didn't count, possibly. I, I'm still not totally sure what the NCAA ended up ruling, but uh, yeah, maybe he saw that the, the record almost didn't count so he ended up calling calling nick willis of all people uh to see if if he could pace him uh i say of all people because it's like you know nick willis is one of the most legendary runners of all time and it's just uh yeah just just call him up um but i guess you can do that when you run a 1337 one week and then you need to run a, a fast 3k the next week so um you got that kind of pull so either way good for good for uh good for christian totally awesome to see records going down and uh you know bringing some spotlight to division two uh division two has a lot of fast runners it's not all about division one people 
there are plenty of fast people in Division two and three, the same way there is in D one. Um, maybe you don't have the the amount of front runners in D two and D three that you have in D one, but you have so much depth and talent. You have so much competition. Uh, you know, I if, obviously if you know me, which ninety nine point nine percent of the people listening to this podcast do. I, I ran for Brockport. Well, I ran for Adelphi, and then I ran for Brockport, Division Two, and then I went to Division Three. Yeah, some of the most intense competition you can ask for, especially at Division Three. SUNYACs, our conference, our conference meet every single year. It was just, it was, it was like war. <laughs> I mean, you know, the times that we were running wasn't it wasn't crazy. I mean, the mile would be one in like four fifteen. The five k would be one in like fifteen flat. Um, tactics were usually involved sometimes they weren't um you know we weren't like you know it's not like we're running world record times but just the passion and the competition and the the amount of effort that goes into just just proving you're better than the other team in your conference in uh in some at some of these division two and division three schools is, is just it's awesome that's what sports are all about um and that's why i I love running, and that's why I love track. That's why I love sports, uh, because it's just it's just people getting after it, trying to prove who's better than than the other. And uh, track and field is the rawest form of that. So that's that's all I gotta say about that. Division three has some excellent talent. Division three has a lot of heart. D three is where the heart is. That was the quote I was using when I was justifying my transfer to Brockport. So. In other news, every single professional team in the United States right now, professional running team, is at training camp right now. They're at altitude or they're down from altitude, wherever they're going. They're all training somewhere else other than where they normally train, which uh, is cool. I was just watching Morgan McDonald's YouTube channel before, and I have to say that he has probably the single funniest YouTube channel out of all the runners who have YouTube channels right now. Um... I, I just I just want him to post more videos. I, I can't wait to see what else he has to say and do. And I don't know, like half of why it's funny is just like his dry sense of humor and just the random things he says. It's like not even like I think he's just like a sarcastic, goofy guy. I don't even think he's trying to be funny. I think he's just like kind of making fun of the whole thing. Um so I th- half of the, that's half of the reason why it's funny, and then the other half is like the editing <laughs> that he puts in the videos, and like, uh, yeah, he did like an unboxing video before in one of his videos, and it was just like the whole time it was just like epic music leading up to every like every box he opened, and and then and then he just put like a, 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 a words across the screen saying like I I can't show this shoe i'm sorry this this video is not what i like <laughs> he just didn't unbox any of the anything he didn't go ed, ed, to planned at all <laughs> like it doesn't matter because it was just funny it's funny the way he did it um so i don't know something about that is just seems pretty authentic to me um and it's just enjoyable i just think i want him to to post more videos <laughs> it'll be funny and i i never realized he was like a funny guy I, I don't know I mean I guess you don't really realize anybody's funny until you meet them but uh I don't know all the other runners on YouTube aren't 
aren't super funny, I guess. I mean, it's hard to be funny when you're trying to produce a certain type of content, a type of content where you, people want to see how you're training and how you're living, and you want to give that to them because, I don't know, you, you want to you wanna build your brand, you want to help people figure out what they're curious about, about what the way a professional owner lives. But uh, yeah, but sometimes you don't realize that some of these pro runners are also just really normal, goofy, awkward runners like the rest of us. And it's kind of it's kind of uh, refreshing and and fun to see, um, <laughs> and it, it's true because all runners are super weird. Uh, like I'm literally as I'm saying this, I'm playing with a little like Lego gear. Like you hear this knocking back and forth. It's like this like Lego gear. I don't even know how to like. It's just like a a a. a a Lego gear thing that, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm just playing with it. And I still, I still play with Legos not as often as I do when I was younger, but <laughs> that's just the point I'm trying to make is that runners are super weird and our sport involves just doing the most simple and boring, like repetitive thing over and over again, every single day. Like, running is super boring endurance endurance sports are super boring like yeah you can go and run places and explore and run trails that you like and and go to parks and and have fun with your friends but like it's you have to be a special type of person to be able to enjoy running like for example sunday i had a workout it involved an 11 mile run of fast running it was a progression run worked my way down from 540 pace down to like 510 pace so fast running continuous monday slow running but it was again just running continuous but a little bit slower today's tuesday this morning i ran Eight miles, continuous, a little bit faster than yesterday, but only by, by about 10 seconds per mile. And then, right before this, I did another run. Four miles, continuous, slower than all of the previous runs I mentioned, but it was mostly similar. And it was a little bit shorter, too. So to enjoy that, to really find pleasure in just the meditative relaxing endeavor that running could possibly be uh you have to be a special type of person and you're probably a little weird if you're that type of person so morgan mcdonald thank you for embracing the fact that you're pretty weird just like the rest of us we need more of that out there and we do have more of that out there. As I say it, I think of another cool thing that happened in the world of track and field this week. Um, Cooper Tier ran the anchor leg of a collegiate record DMR. Um, I forget exactly the splits, but Cooper Tier ran... Let's pull up Diestat here. I think it was posted on Diestat. Give me one second. Yeah. So Cole Hawker went out in 249. Louis Peralta ran for the 400, 47.29. Uh, 
Charlie Hunter ran for the 800, 147.65. And then to close out the DMR, Cooper Tier ran the 1,600-meter leg in a time of, wait for it, 354.61. Congratulations, guys. That's an awesome, fast, cool, sweet run. It is something that I will never, ever be able to do in my life. And yeah, wait, is this even a record? Where am I getting the fact that this is a record from? Who said that this is a record? <sighs> Got to go check flow track. Let's see. They'll probably say it. Did they even post about it? Oh, let's see. New indoor NCAA DMR record and all time world best. So does that mean this was a better DMR than Kyle Merber's uh, and, and, and those guys and Bun Blankenship? Is that better than their DMR? DMR world record. Let's see. So... Cooper Tier and them ran 919.42. And the world record for the DMR distance medley relay is 915.50. The United States currently holds the world record in the men's DMR, set on May 3rd, 2015, with Kyle Merber. Um, yeah. So, all right, world best all time. So, I guess for indoor. Um, but, yeah. The point I wanted to bring up here, and just going on the, the uh, whatever, talking more about YouTubers and people being silly on the internet, uh, Cooper Tier is a funny guy. He is a freaking fast guy. He ran 354 to anchor a DMR by himself, just, yeah, that guy's bananas. Um, and he adds a little spice to to his personality um you know he i i think he'd admit to to considering himself like a definitely an internet personality at this point um yeah like for example the post that he made about the dmr was number 10 on sports center but number one in your hearts it's simple it's cheesy it's funny but uh i don't know i appreciate that it's kind of different and if I were to break the indoor DMR collegiate record, and I had and and I, and I figured I had to make a Instagram post about it to like you know just make the people know that I have something to say about the the the, the moment, um, I'd probably say, let's think, think, think. How would I put it? Absolutely blessed to have had the opportunity to compete during these times. COVID-19 has absolutely rocked this world and it is an absolute privilege to even be able to race. First off, I want to say thank you to my teammates. Without you guys, I would be nowhere. Second, I want to thank my coaches. You guys have blessed me with the opportunity to compete at this level and you teach me new things every day. I love you. And third, I want to thank my fans. Without your support, I'd probably still be running and running just as good, but thanks. Thanks for the likes on Instagram. But then you have Cooper Tier, who says, hey, I'm number 10 on Sports Center, but number one in your hearts. And also on Estrava, hold on, let's pull up Estrava here, which I think I appreciate the most out of, uh, I'm on Strava and I type in Strava. Cooper Tier. This is the best part of Cooper Tier. 
of all the Cooper Tier facts out there, this one, oh, he changed it. All right, well, this one's still funny too. His Strava thing says, please follow me so I can tell my grandma I'm famous. That's pretty funny. But the uh, his previous Strava bio used to say something along the lines of, I'm your sister's favorite runner or something. Something like that. Yeah, I think it was that. I'm your sister's favorite runner, um, which is kind of a... Uh, Kind of, kind of, kind of, uh, kind of a flex, if you ask me. I kind of, I kind of like it. Um, track needs more of that. Um, cause you know, Strava bios mean everything. Instagram captions mean everything. And uh, yeah, I don't, I don't really know what else to talk about here. Um, I'm kind of just scrolling through Instagram and seeing what else there is, and I can see here that Kyle Merber just posted a Instagram story of, wait for it. B&M Brick Oven Baked Brown Bread. Original. 99% fat-free. Jesus. Jesus. Yeah, so far so good. I'm liking this podcasting thing. It's it's a fun way to just talk and blab my mouth and uh, fill people in on what's going on in this world of running. Um, don't know when my next episode is going to be, but I hope it's soon. I hope I uh, get the motivation to, to yap more soon. Uh, it probably will be because there's always stuff happening, and it seems like the indoor track season is off to a roaring start despite the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, hopefully it continues to go, and hopefully more records shatter, continue to be shattered, and more things continue to happen Um check on the american track league follow that that's my recommendation for the night i just got off uh amon sheeran's uh pirate radio podcast and yeah we we talked about uh the american track league and and stuff like that we talked about some good stuff and um honestly it's probably why i'm in the mood to to host my own good podcast here tonight so yeah check out the american track league check out amon sheeran's pirate radio podcast that i was just on and uh yeah that's all i have for tonight boys and girls and whatever else kind of people are else out there and dogs um have a good night